Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. And I think, you know, what a tribute to an empire to when a city builds around you to still be there. Like, nobody's trying to take them out. They're just building around them. And so that's really a sign of triumph and that you've tapped into something special. I mean, milestones in business are a sign of thriving, surviving, growing. If you've built a business that's lasted 10 years, you're, you know, you're kind of in the elite. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm host Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball from living our lives and having conversations in our city. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. So this podcast is where we give you inside access to the behind the scenes scoop. Things that were too hot to print or too much to fit in the magazine. Basically what's left on the editing room floor. So let's dive into the newest issue. With me today is Editor-in-Chief Melissa Housem. We're talking about anniversaries or milestones, if you will. 20% of all small businesses will fail in the first year. Only half make it to five years and 30% make it to 10 years. And that's not factoring in two years of a pandemic. Raleigh Magazine celebrated seven years last month. We had great plans um, for a big party to celebrate during number five, and it was COVID canceled. To celebrate being on the other side in our June issue, we recognize 43 Raleigh iconic businesses that are celebrating major milestones. Melissa, this took a little digging, and we found out some cool stuff. Yeah, and so, you know, in light of what we've been through, one of the things we did was give a little leeway, if you will. We took some liberties, and we looked at businesses across the board This includes hospitality, retail, you know. Um, But we took some liberties and said, if you're celebrating that major milestone within one year of now, so last year, this year, or next year, then we just rounded to the even number and said, this is your your birthday year. 
And you may think, why do we care? I mean, when most of what we talk about on this podcast and in our magazine is the new things coming to Raleigh, the bright, shiny, new concepts, and what are we getting next? But the reality is the fabric of Raleigh, its identity, is created by those older businesses or the things that have been around for a long time. Their stories are sort of Raleigh's story. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, We definitely dedicate our careers to talking about what's new and now and next. So it's not something you think about a lot if you're us or if you've lived here a long time. You know, you're not really thinking about the, the places, the institutions, those legacy spots and staples that have been here. and But they're really the fabric of our city. So we're talking about places like 42nd Street, uh, Clyde Cooper's, Bailey's, Rialto, Crabtree, Conkey, even the universities, NC State and Peace. Um, and so we just decided to really dig into what are these places and, and what are they, how do they define our city? Well, I like it because, as I said, we talk, we spend so much, of, so many pages and so much of our, so many inches, as they say in newspapers, mm-hmm. on talking about new stuff. And, and very often you, the, the long-term business, the person that's been around for a long time, isn't celebrated as much as it should be. And also, you can find out some really cool stuff. 42nd yeah. Street has some pretty interesting history that I had no idea about. I love that spot, but I didn't know it. Yeah, it's funny how these stories unfold. So we start with this idea of major milestones because we missed our own birthday, right? And five is important, y'all. And five is a major benchmark for business, I should mention. Like yeah. a lot of businesses fail within the first year, and five is this big benchmark that if you make it to— then you're probably going to make it. And so we decided to start digging into this, and we were really just thinking about who can we celebrate. And as we're, like, deep diving into Google to find out what year everybody opened, um, when name everybody's naming places, 42nd Street comes up, and all of a sudden we're reading in our edit meeting their story. And, and that's when our story changed, right? And so 42nd Street, as an example, was opened in 1927. It's always been here. I didn't really think about it. You know, it's an institution. And so it was opened in 1927 as a grocery store. This is pre-prohibition or in it. And then they begin offering oysters, steamed oysters in 1931. And then they are the first place to serve beer in Raleigh in 1933, coming out of prohibition. Like, what an incredible story, right? Reestablished in 1987 by the late Thad Ewer and partners. And that's a pretty big name in this town, Thad Ewer. He's the founder of Angus Barn, Senator Thaddeer. Yeah, I always say it's like our Mexican food story from the last issue where you don't realize that there are 10 Mexican restaurants in town that all have, you know, the family-osity and connections. Yeah, it's like two or three families that are woven together, like uncles and nieces and brothers that are are running these things. And so, you know, Raleigh was a small town. And so that's—I just think that's incredible, though. But—and those are two— two institutions where we celebrate a lot of our mile, our own personal milestones in the yes. city. So, Well, and the funny thing about 42nd Street to me is that there are so many, and it's still this way, and it was this way 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. If you sit at the Oyster Bar, you're going to have more than likely a young man from NC State who's shucking your oysters. Mm-hmm. He's working his way through college, or he's paying for his spring break trip, whatever it is. But he's the one shucking your oysters and putting them on the table. And it's still the restaurant with everything there else is in Raleigh to choose from. It's still the restaurant that when the state legislature is in session, Mm -hmm. you walk in there and it's a who's who of Raleigh. 
It's so true. Like from a personal standpoint, I can't even begin to tell you the number of milestones that I've celebrated there for mm-hmm. myself or my family or my friends. And it's always on the short list of the birthday restaurant when you're going to get that group back together or a job promotion or, yeah. you know, whatever. And it's also got this whole other identity where it's the place that you had one too many with the live music and maybe you wish she'd have Ubered. Um, well, it, <laughs> it's funny. funny that you mentioned that. So I moved back to Raleigh in early 90s to work at the what is now CBS 17, which was the NBC affiliate. I was moving from Phoenix. I, I came into town. I really didn't know anyone. I remember throwing on my black hat, which I wore in Phoenix, which was not a thing on the East Coast, (laughs) and walking into 42nd Street, packed to the hilt. It was like the hot spot on Friday night. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, too, because Fayetteville Street was a pedestrian mall. Glenwood South was a bunch of warehouses. And so places like 42nd Street— I've definitely been overserved there. That's my fault, not theirs. Um, but there's, I'm sure anybody that's been here for a long time has great stories. And it's like their first oyster or their first, maybe besides Angus Barn, like their first big fancy dinner. Yeah. Um, but there's others, right, that we look at. And Conkey is one of them. And I don't know how many people know this, but sushi was not served in Raleigh until Conkey became in existence. And so this one is one, the guy that opened Conkey also owned Crabtree. And I believe they're opening mm -hmm, in tandem. And he was interested in hibachi and knew that it was a scene that didn't exist here. But when you think about the risk that was to bring something so foreign, literally, to a small— Right, to a small southern town. And now you look at our— our sushi landscape is just so full and vibrant. And, you know, you really have to look back at who started these trends and who's to credit for that. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. And, and another one that's a, a really big one on our scene is Second Empire. And this is just, I have to actually admit that I've never gotten to eat here oh, because God. I We're think gonna it's, fix that. Yeah, I can it's fix so that. illustrious, but I'm, but I'm also grossly familiar with it, like right. growing up here. And so you have your proms and your weddings and, and the celebratory spot. It's the thing, the place. Well, and it reminds me a lot of what we've covered recently with Heights House. Mm-hmm. This was an old house that was sitting on Hillsborough Street that was falling apart. That was a, an iconic historic landmark. Mm-hmm. And Kim Reynolds and her dad and family um, bought the house and renovated it. And I remember you couldn't walk up the stairs, that beautiful staircase that's right inside the front door. The stairs didn't exist. You could see the railing. There were no stairs. That's how dilapidated the building was. I will say, you know— um, Kim and Second Empire kind of hold a a special place in my heart. When Mike and I first started dating, um, he took me there 
really probably 30 days after I met him for my birthday, and Kim had put us at her favorite table, which is in the atrium window looking out onto the street. Um, They had done personalized menus with my name on it. The chef came out. It was just this really incredible— it's one of the first places in Raleigh, I think, that had that sort of exceptional service that's mm-hmm. sort of personalized for your occasion. And it's also the restaurant. Every time he seems to forget anniversaries and Valentine's Day, she <laughs> finds a way to get us in. And that was the case Valentine's Day. <laughs> Helps to know Day. somebody. <laughs> Helps to know somebody. Valentine's Day, we sat. I love the tavern, which is if you—the mm-hmm. the same menu. If you like the frou-frou white tablecloths upstairs, then do that. I'm a tavern girl, and I like to sit downstairs. Same menu, you get to choose same food. But the tavern booth, we were sitting in for Valentine's Day. She, uh, the waiter said to us, this will not exist after you leave tonight. I was like, what? They were changing it up. Yep. And within one week, they were taking half of the tavern and converting it to more of a lounge seating, leather sofas, they kind of, even though they're 30 years old, they kind of looked at the market and went, people want more loungy, mm-hmm. great place to sit on a sofa and enjoy a bourbon, entertain a client. And so they took half that space. And I, I'm a believer. I listen to a podcast because now I listen to podcasts a whole lot more because mm-hmm. I have one that said that 97% of, of being a successful business is strategically looking long term. Mm-hmm. is not just going, resting on your laurels, if you will. It's looking at what's next, how to stay ahead. And I give Kim credit for that. They looked at what else is popular in Raleigh, the places like Watson Ward and Killjoy that are comfortable seating, that it's not just sitting at the bar. And they weren't afraid to change. And that's hard. Yeah, that's an important aspect of this because we're talking about institutions that have stood the test of time. They've tapped into something. But I think the most important thing that they're doing is paying attention to their customers, their fan base, if you will, and evolving with them. When I talked to to Kim and the chef, I asked them to tell me their secret sauce, and they said four words, ownership, staff, the house, the food. And I think I would add to that the fact that they have evolved. And so you love the tavern. You know, you were a longtime loyal customer, but they saw a market to turn that tavern into this sort of casual cocktail lounge table and sofa dotted, like you mentioned. And I have to wonder, too, when they named it, if it wasn't a little bit serendipitous, right? Like they were building an empire. So Kim joked when we were on the phone when I said that, she said she kind of feels like the movie Up like this little house in the middle of all this construction, which if you've been on Hillsborough Street where they are is literally what's happening. 400 H. Yeah, 400 H, all these 40-story buildings going up all around. It's constantly the sound of construction. Um, And they're just this little historic building in the middle, but it's a good thing, right? And I think, you know, what a tribute to an empire to when a city builds around you to still be there. Like nobody's trying to take them out. They're just building around them. And so that's really a sign of triumph and— that you've tapped into something special. And I think, you know, there, I'll say it more than one time, probably in this podcast, there are 43 businesses that we talk about that are celebrate, and there are lots more, but these are the 43 that we chose to celebrate their milestones. But the other one that I love is Clyde Cooper's. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge barbecue fan. And (laughs) part of what I like about Clyde's is what I like about Bailey's and Second Empire and some of the others is everyone's welcome. And Clyde Cooper said, 
years ago in 1938 when they opened their doors, one person's money was just as green as the next person's money. I love that. I love it for two reasons. One, y'all are welcome, Y-A, apostrophe L-L, y'all. But the other piece is that for years— they didn't take credit cards or debit cards. <laughs> if you didn't have cash, you weren't eating at Cooper's. So not really all. You had to have cash to be welcome. <laughs> you, you did. You did. But I always—you know how I talked about 42nd Street. If you go inside on a given night and legislature's in session, well, let me tell you, if you're looking for a state trooper at lunchtime in Raleigh, <laughs> when court lets out, they all leave the courthouse and go to Cooper's. Yeah. So if you're looking for a lawyer and you can't find yours, my guess is he's 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 at Cooper's eating <laughs> Little lunch. Little intel, yeah. But now you don't have to have cash. You anymore. don't. Um, and as they put it, hell <laughs> has frozen over. They take debit cards and credit cards at Cooper's now. Not y'all really have, sure when that started, but they yeah, do. y'all have to go to the website. It's in big letters. Hell <laughs> has frozen over. I love that. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hotspots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers and eight rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, Catch the big game on multiple TVs or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. But um, one of the things they said when we talked to them is we've survived this long because we've refused to give up. And that's another thread you'll see woven throughout this, whether people claim that or not, that obviously they're all people who have refused to give up. And Bailey's is another example of that. Talk about a longstanding—I mean, every woman wants a Bailey's box, right? Bailey's is interesting. I never met Clyde Sr. when he launched the business. I mean, they've been around for 75 years. But I did have the distinct pleasure of having lunch with Mama Ann. Mama Ann and Clyde opened the first Bailey's, which was sort of a watch repair, creating watches, a watchmaker, if you will, back in 1938 or, sorry, 1948. And they now have five locations. Three generations of Bailey's, uh, part of their family, are involved in the business and the day-to-day operations. And she is just the matriarch. She mm-hmm. still has the vision. They were on the front side of Pandora. They, yeah. I mean, they opened stores in in local malls because they knew that that Pandora bracelet. Again, they weren't afraid. They weren't leaning into that. We have to be traditional. They leaned into, and they just opened their fifth location, which is in um, Beverly Hills. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. It is cool. And I mean, this is in their in their story, it's like this is born of the love of two people and their love of jewelry. Um, I've actually never gotten a Bailey's box on a personal note. I can't fix that for but, you. But uh, no, that, that you cannot <laughs> fix. Um, but I have been to Bailey's hundreds of times for various things. And um, one of them actually is when my grandmother passed away, she had this beautiful, huge like aquamarine stone that had this sort of setting that was mangled metal. But when we got it checked out to get it assessed, 
uh, for insurance, they were like, this isn't stable. So Bailey's rebuilt it for me and they like drew out all these designs and they, it doesn't, of course it never is going to look the same as the original, yeah. but they took great labor to try to restore this for me. And that's like a really special thing. And I think like their whole thing is family. And like when I take this ring in, you could feel that it mattered to them. I wasn't just a customer yeah. of the ring, yeah. you know, um, but you probably have gotten a Bailey's box. I have, I've got, I've gotten a few, but I have two stories about Bailey's. One, leaning back into their original focus of watches. If you need a battery for your watch, not your Apple watch, a real watch. <laughs> um, if you take it in, they do not charge you. What they ask is that you you make a donation. And every oh. month, they have a different charity that whoever gets their batteries, all that money goes to a different charity. So 12 times a year. And I mean— this money totals up. They make yeah. um, they really make an impact on the community. Wow. And the other one is I do have a few Bailey box. My dad, I was an only girl. So my dad believed that every girl should have a piece of jewelry under the Christmas tree. And he wasn't wealthy by any means, but he always went to the Rocky Mount Bailey store and bought something. And Aww. so I have all of these pieces of jewelry that over the over the years of my life that he bought for me. And so— I love that. Dad, are you listening? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love that. That's really But, you sweet. know, my dad grew up on a farm, and that was one of the things that Mama Ann talked about was so much of their clientele was the same thing Clyde said. Money's green. It doesn't matter if it's coming out of a Gucci watch, a, a Gucci wallet, or if it's coming out of, you know, a farmer's, yep. you know, brown paper bag. They believe that money's money. And so I think that's why my dad liked Bailey so much was that perception and yeah. that reality. I love that. That's really nice. I honestly expected you to say something about someone you dated or whatever. Yep. So I love that it's really my the dad. family connection. Um, and it's clearly a love story that has stood the test of time. And that's the thing about all these places is they aren't stale. Oh, no. I mean, think about it. Um, a lot of the places that we talk about are having big anniversaries are refreshing. We're not really allowed to talk about it yet, but future podcast. Um, the Museum of History has an incredible design that we hope is going to become a reality, remodeling it and taking a lot of the artifacts that they have from the basement, like the Smithsonian, and bringing it up to the top. Um, Good Nights, which we did a whole podcast on. If you haven't listened, check it out. They are moving to Village District. There, you know, a lot of these businesses that are hugely successful aren't sitting and waiting and and count, you know, resting on the laurels, as we like to say. They are moving forward, and there's lots of new things brewing. Yeah, we could really actually learn a lot from that because as a culture, when it comes to people, <laughs> we fetishize youth culture and we attach a lot of shame to aging. Businesses do quite the opposite. You know, as people, we stop celebrating the number. We don't want to tell people how old we are. Businesses boast about it. Um, in the market, the wrinkles of time, amassing another anniversary, it's dignity, it's grit, it's prowess, mm -hmm. it's stamina. Uh, you've persevered and you've become something that people trust and you've obviously cornered the market. And it's interesting how different that one part of culture is from 
you know, uh, pers- the personal aspect of it. You're hitting home close. You're hitting really <laughs> close to home here for sure. It's your birthday week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been celebrating for a month. Well, but, it's your birthday month. <laughs> you know, but I can't wait to celebrate 10 years with Raleigh Magazine. I mean, part of— but I admit that I have lied so much about how old I am that I really don't know without doing the math, and I'm going to leave it that way. But I do agree. I mean, milestones in business are a sign of thriving, surviving, growing. If if you're if you've built a business that's lasted ten years, you're you know you're kind of in the elite. Yeah, I'm with you. I used to be so proud of my graduation year because I was like the youngest in my grade. September birthday started kindergarten at four. The older you get, the more you realize that's not a good thing because when you give people your graduation age, they suddenly are like, they think you're one or two years older than you actually are. So now I'm like, no, I'll just tell you my age. I don't even. And then the other thing you do, I don't know if you do this, is like I go ahead and start telling myself I'm the next age. So when people Uh, ask me, I'm like, oh, I'm this. And then I'm like, wait, I don't know how old I am. It's the weirdest thing. See, I do the opposite. Oh, I should. When do you that. have a child, that, when your oldest <laughs> child is twenty-one, and you actually have to say that out loud, you start to realize you're old. Well, and you start you're going twenty-nine, backwards. so I'm not quite sure how that's possible. But <laughs> I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> Thanks. But seriously, pick up a copy of the June issue of Raleigh Magazine. We celebrate forty-three of Raleigh's um, best businesses and iconic legendary locations yep and we can't help we can't wait to be one of them someday uh right now we just turned seven second grade Woo-hoo. so stay tuned we've got a lot more in store for you this has been office talk with raleigh magazine i hope after hanging out with us you feel more like a raleigh insider You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.